0: Welcome. Welcome to part two of our two-week series on our vision and values. Last week, we reminded ourselves of the importance of vision. Our vision shapes how we live, how we spend our time, our talent and our treasure. We recognised and reminded ourselves that we can be so easily distracted and deterred from our identity and our kingdom calling by the stuff of life. I encourage you to write down up to seven words that kind of describe your life at the moment, the worries and the concerns that are going on. We looked at Jesus' words in the Sermon on the Mount in which he seeks to recalibrate us around our eternal identity as children of the living God. It is that identity which enables us to prioritize our relational purposes in God to seek first God's kingdom and God's righteousness. Today, we're going to remind ourselves of our vision and values and we're going to unpack a bit of our strategy on how we seek God's kingdom in our context. Remember, without vision, the people perish. But without strategy, without some sort of structure and action, the vision perishes. Our strategy or structure is like the trellis that we put up in our garden to enable the vine to grow. Without that, without that structure the vine will get trampled and the vision will get lost. So I'm going to look at our vision and values and then I'm going to get practical. I'm going to look at how by being intentional yeah, and by being incarnational the stuff of life rather than becoming a distraction for our kingdom purposes becomes the arena for our kingdom purposes. In January and February this year, we spent six weeks looking at our vision values. Six weeks isn't enough, but I'm going to try and summarise it in the next few minutes. We start with God. It's where the Bible starts, because it's where it all starts. In the beginning, God. God's creation flowing out of God's creative character. God exists in creative community, Father, Son and Holy Spirit in perfect unity. And the universe is created as the words of their relationship pour out into space. Our discovery of God starts with the Son. We fix our eyes on Jesus because in his incarnation, God perfectly reveals his character to the world. The Word became flesh and opened a door through which we are invited to find relationship with the God of the universe. We start with the Son. Jesus reveals to us the heart of the Father. We are taught to pray, Abba, Father. In Jesus' relationship with the Father and teaching about the Father, we discover that the creator of the world wants relationship with us. And that when we respond to his call, he runs to us on the road. We discover afresh in the incarnation that we are called to be a people of the presence of God. The Son dwelt amongst us for a season and is gathered up by the Father not to limit his presence amongst us, but rather to release the presence of God for all people in all ages through the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. The promise made to Moses in Exodus is fulfilled in the ascension of Christ and the descension of the Holy Spirit. Relationship with God is made possible through the Son and becomes a daily reality through the living presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Son, Father, Spirit. And how is this possible? How does a holy God abide, dwell, meet with, have relationship with a broken people in a broken world? By grace. It is by grace we've been saved, not by work, so that none of us can boast. It is the grace of God, the overflowing, unmerited, unlooked-for unlo- favour of God in our lives. We are a charismatic people because our foundation is the charis, the grace of God. Of people saved by grace and abiding with the Holy Spirit will naturally pursue the gifts of grace, the charismata, the outworkings of the Holy Spirit and as God moves amongst us, the fruit of grace will be grown amongst us. And this grace is not individualistic or isolated. God's grace is incredibly personal. He knows the hairs on my head. But as God is community, so we are created out of and called to be community. Our Vision and values series was quite deliberately t- entitled Who We Are and Why We Are Here. We are a grace community in that we are established on a foundation of grace and we treat one another and those around us with grace we do not judge or pick apart or persecute as god's grace is poured out on us we do all we can to let that grace flow through us to others forgiving and serving one another as we have been forgiven and served by a god perfectly revealed in a son who came to serve and not be served a son who forgave even those who held nails in their hands such grace and forgiveness will in time bear the fruit of authentic and genuine community that which those around us are so desperate to be part of we have been called into community and we've been called into a community with a kingdom purpose. Son, Father, Spirit, community, kingdom. God's eternal vision is that his benevolent rule and reign was, would exist throughout all creation. This is the kingdom of God. God's heart is that the intimacy of relationship and perfect justice that we see in the Garden of Eden would be seen throughout the whole earth. The knowledge of the Lord would cover the earth as the water covers the sea. A kingdom of relationship, holiness, wholeness and justice. A kingdom therefore of salvation, sanctification, signs and wonders and social justice. Action. Nor is this kingdom meant to be encased or enclosed within the walls of a church building or set aside for certain religious activities. We are called within that kingdom call to make disciples because discipleship and all the spiritual disciplines that characterize a disciple's lifestyle are God's strategy for fulfilling the vision of. The kingdom, Spiritual disciplines like prayer, worship, fasting, tithing, serving are both the outworking of our relationship with God whilst also being the building blocks of that relationship. We work out these disciplines together when we gather on a Sunday in our life groups and also in our personal times with God, our friendship groups and our households. In this outworking, we mirror the historical and biblical practices of the people of God down through the ages when they gathered in the tabernacle or the temple courts, in their households and in their everyday devotional life. Discipleship is God's strategy for his kingdom vision. And this kingdom is now, but also not yet. We are loved and our salvation is secure in the hands of God. But we are not yet perfect we are being transformed we have not yet arrived and so we need the agape love of god son father spirit grace community kingdom love the love found in jesus that forgives all that has gone before and chooses to forgive all that which lies ahead A grace community defined not by uniformity or unthinking obedience, but rather a grace-filled, love-choosing community defined by how it walks through the disagreements and disappointments that are the inevitable consequence of imperfect people seeking to be genuine community together. Son, Father, Spirit, Grace, Community, Kingdom, Love. This is who we are. This is why we are here, a statement, not a question. We are called to walk into the identity already won for us on the cross and hardwired into us as we reflect the image of God. Our kingdom activity flows out of our kingdom identity. We are ordinary people being transformed by an extraordinary God. We are image bearers and kingdom bringers. This is our vision, these are our values, this is how we're outworking what Scripture tells us about the Kingdom of God and God's purposes. How we work out our salvation with fear and trembling. What does that mean practically? It's great to be able to state our vision, it's great to be able to summarize it in seven words. But remember our seven words from last week, the realities of life, How do we work it out? How do the vision and values and Jesus' instruction to seek the kingdom of God work out in the nitty-gritty of life? How do we hold on to this truth that Jesus reminded us, us of last time? Well, we have to be intentional, we have to be incarnational, and we have to be inspired. Jesus uses this word, seek. Seek the kingdom. And I believe the key is in our understanding this word seek and holding that understanding alongside the ministry of Jesus. Jesus was the perfect outworking of God's vision, of God's kingdom. So by looking at him and his life, we can work out how to live it out in our lives. So we're going to look very briefly at the life of Jesus. If you Spent any time every day, or if you were just listening a few moments ago, you'll know that the way we unpack the kingdom is under these four headings. Salvation, sanctification, signs and wonders, and social action. The reason that we talk about the kingdom of God in that way is that they are the four aspects that are modelled and mentioned by Jesus and through his ministry. Scholars broadly agree where the, 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 the key message of Jesus was the kingdom of God. He came preaching repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. That message was taught and modelled in his life. It relates to both relationship with God and activity for God. If you like, you've got two pairs within that four. Salvation and sanctification talk about relationship. Signs and wonders and social action talk about action, activity of the kingdom. In the ministry of Christ's kingdom, activity flows out of kingdom relationship. Now, Jesus did not need saving or sanctifying, but in his humanity, he worked out his relationship with the Father. He modeled baptism, obedience, resistance to temptation, prayer, fasting, worship. He called others to salvation and to holiness. He called people into the kingdom and as he did that, regardless of how they were behaving, he then instructed them on how to behave. Go and sin no more. Holiness mattered to Jesus. Sanctification mattered to Jesus. He moved in the power of the Holy Spirit, healing, prophecy, miracles of provision. He challenged the abuse of power welcomed the outcast, and lifted up the poor. Jesus models for us all four areas of the kingdom. But in doing all these things, he says this. John five nineteen. Jo- Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. And then in John 12, 49, For I have spoken not on my own authority, but the Father who sent me has himself given me this commandment, what to say and what to speak. What do these verses tell us? Well, the ministry of Jesus tells us that he was active in the kingdom of God in all four areas. But the words of Jesus here and elsewhere tell us that Jesus did not operate on his authority. No, he looked, he sought, he was seeking what the Father was doing. I don't know if you've ever wondered why Jesus sometimes walked into a crowd, healed one person and walked out again. Or why Jesus had this huge ministry in one area, but gets up the next morning and goes somewhere else. Well, it's because he's looking for what the Father is doing. He's seeking the will of the Father. He's seeking the kingdom activity of his Father. Jesus' ministry was dependent on the Holy Spirit. We read again and again, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, moved into an area. But it's not just dependent on the Spirit, it's also dependent on his relationship with the Father. He's looking to see what the Father is doing. Why? Because the Father is always at work. The Father is always about the work of his kingdom. That's why Jesus doesn't say bring the kingdom first. He says seek the kingdom. Why? Because God is at work. And our job is to see what God is doing and play our part. It's almost as if whenever we step into kingdom activity, the Father is going, what kept you? I've been inviting you into this work for a while. I've been here for a while. I'm so glad you're here. Jesus models for us and encourages us to be intentional in terms of the seeking of the kingdom. I am not good at seeking. I'm not good at looking. If I've misplaced something, I'll say to Gwen, and let's choose something random. Maybe I've lost my phone. Where's my phone? And Gwen will say, my wife, have you looked for it? And I'll say yes, by which I mean I've walked into a room, I've stood there and I've hoped that my phone will leap into my hand. That's what I mean by looking. But when Gwen says, have you looked, she means did you seek? Did you actually maybe lift some things up? Spend some time, wait and see and look around. Jesus is talking about seeking the kingdom. Pausing, reflecting, what is God doing He was intentional. He was also incarnational. You see, where does this happen? Where do we seek the kingdom of God? Well, of course it happens when we gather. Throughout our walk through Exodus, we reminded ourselves that what makes the people of God unique is God's presence. We know that God is omnipresent. He is everywhere all the time. And we know that God has pitched his tent in us. We are full of the Holy Spirit. And so when we gather, what happens? Well, the omnipresence of God encounters the manifest presence of God in multiple people. We should expect the things of God, the kingdom of God, to happen. We should expect in our meetings to seek the kingdom, salvation and transformation and justice and, and, and healing, signs and wonders. We should expect that. We should expect kingdom activity when we gather but we must also expect it when we are scattered. What did we say? We said Jesus was intentional and incarnational. We're called to be intentional to seek and to be incarnational. Our vision is incarnational. What does that mean? It means this, the stuff, remember the stuff that we had on our lists? It's not that we're trying to get rid of that so that we can see the kingdom, no. We're trying to seek the kingdom in the midst of that. We don't go to church. We are the church. We are the body of Christ. And wherever we find ourselves, we are called to seek the kingdom because the Father is always at work. When we gather, we seek God's face and his kingdom that we might be equipped for when we scatter. One of the reasons that God does not want us to worry about the stuff of life is because he is at work in the midst of the stuff of life. This is what it means to be incarnational. It means I'm not going to worry about work. I'm going to seek the kingdom in work. I'm not going to worry about what's happening with my kids. I'm going to seek the activity of the kingdom amongst my kids. It's incarnational. God is is at work, friends. God is building his church. God is about the work of his kingdom. The question is, will I slow down enough to see what God is doing? Will I seek the kingdom? Will I be intentional? Will I be incarnational? How do we do that? I want to get really practical for the rest of our time how do we do that well remember last time we talked about reflecting jesus said consider the birds of the air consider the lilies of the field i've been trying to do that over the last week just pause and consider the beauty around me it's amazing how god speaks to us through his creation what i want us to do now is consider our lives Our lives are worked out in four broad arenas. Our work, or our day-to-day activity, our family and friends, our social life, our personal neighbourhood, where we live, the people who live around us, and our venue neighbourhood, wherever our church gatherings happen to be, there's a community around them. Essentially, we're talking about groups of people. And God's kingdom is about people. God is in the people business. God is seeking relationship with all people. His heart is that none would perish. So when we're reflecting on our life, we're thinking about people. The people in our office or our college or our school. The people in our family, in our friendship circle. Our neighbours. Those who live within a ten minute walk of where we gather on a Sunday. Consider the people. What might God be doing amongst those people? People we see every day. Not people we need to add to a list somewhere. No, people we already see, we already spend time with. What's God doing? Where is God actually working his kingdom in those people's lives? Well, how do we find out? Well, yes, we slow down. Yes, we consider. And here's a really simple way. Prayer, care, share. Now, if you're already seeing God break out in all of those arenas, you carry on doing whatever you're doing. But if, like me, you have a deep longing over the coming weeks and months to see God do more In those arenas to see the kingdom of God break out more in those arenas of your work and your friendships and family and your neighborhood and your venue neighborhood why not use this simple three strand tool firstly prayer Mother Teresa says this about prayer God speaks in the silence of the heart listening is the beginning of prayer The reason we start with prayer is that, as with our vision, we start with God. I may have lots of ideas about what the people around me need, what I'm looking for, what I'm seeking, is what God is saying, what God is doing. I love petitionary prayer, seeking God for change and for blessing. But before I get to that style of prayer, I want to listen. I want to capture the heart of God for those around me. This is important as well because it pr- protects us from one of the dangers of these kind of systems. If we're not careful, especially if you're like me and I love a target and a spreadsheet and things like this, prayer, care, share becomes a bit of a tick list. Or oh, can, I, can I find someone to invite for Alpha? Well, I'll pray for that person and I'll look for an opportunity to care for them and then I'm going to share my invite. And there's nothing wrong with that. We want people to come to know God. But it's in prayer that we capture God's heart. It's in listening to God. It's in sitting quietly before God and listening to his voice through his word, through a nudge from the Holy Spirit, through something that God calls to mind. As we listen to God for the people around us, for those arenas of his kingdom, we capture his heart for people. We capture his compassion for that annoying person at work for that irksome boss, for that noisy neighbour. When we pray, when we spend time with God, we capture God's heart for people. And as we do that, we will then pray for those people. We will pray for blessing and transformation. And prayer then naturally starts to lead us to care. Because as we bring named people before God in prayer and as we grow in compassion for those people we get better at listening to those people. I listen to the people I like. And as we grow in our compassion for people, we like them more, we listen more, and we become aware of their need, emotional, physical, spiritual. We are motivated to show that compassion in word and in deed. Out of prayer (coughs) comes care. And in these things, we're doing the work of the kingdom, aren't we? What's our seventh word? Love. (laughs) We're learning to love people. We're already engaging in the kingdom. We're already seeking the kingdom in this process. And as we pray and as we care, what happens? We build a relationship and we start to share. We start to share our lives. We start to share in their lives. And as we start to share our lives with people, we start to share our faith. We start to share our hope. We start to share Jesus. We start to offer to pray with them. We start to invite. Prayer, care, share is a process in which we catch the heart of God that enables us to see what he is doing in people's lives. It's intentional. You have to do it. It's intentional, you set out to do it. It's a, it's a structure, it's intentional, but Jesus was intentional and it connects us with the incarnational. We're doing it with the people around us. We're doing it in the midst of the stuff. And remember I said it's also about inspiration. Well, what does that word mean? It means of the spirit. This is a work of the spirit. How is God working out in our arenas Well, through the activity of his Holy Spirit. There are four aspects to the kingdom. Salvation, sanctification, social action, signs and wonders. We live in four arenas. Our workplace, our family and friends, our neighbourhood, our venue neighbourhoods. God is at work in there. We're called to seek him. We seek him by by stepping back, by praying, by listening, by allowing him to create in us a compassion and a care for those around us that we might share our lives with them. And in sharing our lives, we might share our faith and our hope. Vision matters. Vision shapes activity. Jesus' kingdom vision shaped his activity and he wants it to shape our activity. Very practically, we do that by being intentional, by being incarnational, and by being inspired, by being full of the Holy Spirit. And remember this the sovereignty of God has placed us where we are now. What if, like Esther in the Old Testament, it was such, for such a time as this that you're in that house, that flat, that job, that neighborhood, those relationships. Acts 17:26 says, From one man God made all the nations, that they should inhabit the whole earth, and he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. Ephesians 2, 7-10 says, God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it's the gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast. And here's the kicker. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works the good works of the kingdom which God prepared in advance for us to do friends we can worry about the stuff we can worry about all the things on our to-do lists we could say oh God if I you'd get rid of the stuff I'd be able to pursue the kingdom but what if God is saying this the stuff is where you'll find the kingdom I'm at work Seek my kingdom in the midst of the stuff because I've placed you there. I have created you in Christ Jesus to do good works which I've already prepared in advance for you to do.